I'm James Milsom, this is The Rule Book, and I'm here to let you know that if you haven't heard part one of this story, well, it's mandatory. You have no choice. You may not proceed until such time as you've listened to part one. Also, there's no previously, because the previously is listening to part one. Anyway, enjoy. They've labeled me as a murderist, a pedophile, and a beast, uh, a, a, and, and a dog fucker, pretty much. They labeled me those three things, but I've never done any of those things, and there's no evidence to support it, so that's why there's no legal issue I've ever had. But because I'm not gone and disappeared and locked up, they will continue to bash at it in any way they can all the time. Like, I have not seen a day where I, if I go to a convention, that's like this, the first report the convention gets is like, oh, there's a pedophile dog raper in the fucking convention. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, he's a Nazi while you're at it. Let's just add that on it. And I'm just like, really? I don't know much about the furry raiders because here's my opinion. Uh, if it walks like an asshole and talks like an asshole, it's an asshole. Uh, I don't like assholes. The only asshole I want in the room is me. So, I, I, I read a little bit about these guys, and I went, yeah, no. Uh, now, of course, that has swung back and forth, because like I said, I, I said one day, don't punch Nazis. You can't punch people for speech. I, I don't like it any more than you do. I really take a lot of enjoyment out of watching someone cold cock Richard Spencer. But we shouldn't be doing it. It sets a dangerous precedent. For these guys, I don't think they have a lot going for them. So the furry fandom takes in everybody. You know, everybody's welcome. So they got into this fandom and that's all they have. You know, they most of them don't have a job. Most of them don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They don't have a lot of friends in real life. So all they have is this online cyber world of the furry fandom. And so when they get this like influx rising of the alt-right and they feel this need to defend the white race or something like that, they combine it with furry fandom that is all they have. And so that's how I think you get furry Nazis. I, I was your classic high school dropout, you know, I've never finished finished uh, primaries or secondary school to be the correct term. So for I read a short in 2007 when I joined Second Life, I had to create a, when I wanted to start own land in the game, I had to create a group to manage it. And I just, me and my friends on Second Life just kind of randomly came up with the idea of, uh, let's call it furry raiders. And it grew. Some furries like to express themselves, you know, by being baby furs. So they like wearing diapers. Some like to make it super sexual and BDSM play, whatever. Some like to do it in other sense about their, you know, different genders. Like they like to have multiple genders when they play, you know, like it's anything's possible. It seems like a lot of this stuff happens online. Now and then there's a convention where people are in the real physical world. Do you, do you separate them out or, or is it all the same thing? Uh, some furries separated out 
some don't uh, a good portion don't separate them they're both about the same to them um and a lot of it does happen online it's it's primarily an online thing uh we do have the conventions i do we have local meets that you know you can go to to spend time with furries and actually dress up and all that this isn't dungeons and dragons for these people they're not going out there and rolling dice or thinking that they have magical powers or they are giant animals. I, uh, I have to laugh. I frequently tell my clients the internet is real life now. It's not fake anymore. The internet's real life. If you post something on your Facebook and the opposing counsel gets a hold of it, we're going to see it to think that the, the internet is not serious anymore because it is I, I see it every day used in court hearings used uh, attached to pleadings producing deposition the idea that the furry community itself is a fantasy i mean well obviously but it's one that the people who are in it feel strong connections to they they may feel a strong connection to their character or characters uh, some of them use their characters as representations of themselves there are members of the community, not by any means the majority, but members of the community who are very, not antisocial, but uh, agoraphobic may be the best word. They don't. Ken White, uh, better known online as Pope Hat, who's a uh, criminal defense and constitutional attorney, I believe, has a saying. And it is, it doesn't matter if you're sane or if you're fucking the goat ironically, you're still a goat fucker. My name is, of course, Kendall Emery. My role, I guess, is the ex-CEO of the Mid-American Anthropomorphic and Arts Corporation, which is the parent corporation that ran Rocky Mountain Fur Comp. I was playing a, a D&D game, and we were using Ollie Canal's World of Rim setting, and we were sitting down creating the game and creating our characters, and I decided I wanted to be a Lutri, and I sat here working on this character and I was looking at everything I was writing down. And pretty soon I just looked down and went, that's me. And so I took on the persona of Otter. Is, is the fairy community about love? <sighs> you know, several years ago I would have said yes. Anymore? No. It's not about love. And it's not about acceptance. What's it about? It's about hate and intolerance and making sure that anyone that's not exactly like I am is not allowed to participate. What motivated me to be to want to be part of the furry community was community. It was a group of people that shared like interests. You know, to me, it was all about community. And I think that's why it hurt me so bad when, you know, I looked at the community and went, why is everyone hating everybody? You know, why are we... Uh, you know, why are we so against anyone who's not exactly like us? You know, and I will be honest with you. I have actually cried many times over that because I saw something I love being torn apart.
And it wasn't being torn apart from the outside. It was being torn apart from the inside. Yeah. This stuff's tempting. I, I keep catching myself because this stuff's sort of tempting to laugh at a bit. Um, because <laughs> I mean, it's, it kind of is. It's sort of yeah, otherness for me. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a fairy. I'm only just learning about all of this stuff. Um, so it seems, it seems strange because it's not anything that I know. But at the same time, from standing in your shoes, it's probably more scary than funny. I mean, it is scary, and I do worry about my family. But at the same time, I'm not like too, so invested that I don't see how fu how funny it is when you have people who are, you know, drawing dog pictures of themselves wearing little Nazi hats and are so invested in this idea of not just being furry, which is already a bizarre, weird concept. Um, but of being furry Nazis. I'm like, that's such a weird blender of things to put together. Not only do I like animals with human characteristics, but I want those animals with human characteristics to also be Nazis. Like it's, it's absolutely preposterous. If you would have told me like three years ago that this Nazi thing would be coming up like it is in the world and in weird fandoms like furry, I would have laughed and called you a liar. But apparently that's the world we live in. So I don't even know. I've never had issues with people on both sides, you know, the supposable white nationalists and then the anti-fascists and the BLM and all these groups like all over the place. I've never had a problem with them directly. Like I've been near protest in my first suit with the armband and they don't care i'm there i'm just just a little oddball in the corner i and i've never had a physical altercations with any of them they've been totally chill uh it's when it comes to other furries that's ah, a whole nother ballpark that's like it seems like because i'm closer to home for them that they they take it even more personally that they take a lot more emotion into it and then, you know, I've had issues where uh, I've been physically attacked. The group is growing. The Fairy Raiders have been growing. And people say the same thing. Once they actually get to meet and talk with me, they're like, what's, I don't see what the problem is. He's just another furry. He's just another person that, you know, decides to be a little different and wants to try what I can do, what, you know, what I'm within my reach for other furries and I because I believe in this community like wholeheartedly like it's my my foundation of my existence of a foxler and all that is is built around all this so why not take care of it hmm. and that's what I've been trying to do and but the thing is is that the I think a lot of people get upset about it is that I'm not willing to change the the perception of my persona just because it doesn't work for some people and at the same time, people that feel the same way, they feel like they're being forced to change because they like something that not everybody likes. My first time at Rocky Mountain Fur Con in 2011, before I started looking into neo-Nazis and all that crazy stuff, I was there, and it was at the Doubletree. 
and the fursuit parades were happening. I didn't have a fursuit yet. And one of the furries got kicked out of the fursuit parade. And I asked him why. And I said, oh, because, oh, I'm, cause I'm a mersuiter, you know, person that has sex uh, if in a, in a fursuit. But he did, his costume was a, totally appropriate. It was, you know, there was nothing showing that, you know, made it indicate that was the case. He was just a no mersuiter. He, you know, he had videos posted and stuff. And I'm like, why are they treating you like this? Does it does it really matter what you do in your personal time? You know, what you post on the internet it shouldn't stop you from being part of the parade with all the other parades. And you know, he was upset about it. He's like, you know, because at the time, mersuiting wasn't very popular, and it was it was frowned upon because you know you're taking a a piece of artwork and you're shaming it with this sexual deviance. But I mean, at the same time, you you kind of pay for it, you know. You, Kind of, you can do what you want with what you pay for. You know, like I go buy a new car and I decide to go wreck it the next day. That's that's my problem. So furries don't seem to agree on this on how things should have been first. should be treated back then, and he was being shunned and ostracized for it. And I, I know was I, I was completely just like, what the hell? Like this is not the furry community I knew when I was a young, you could say, pup at the time as a teenager in the furry community, it was all welcoming and everybody was okay with each other and you could have the most weirdest fetishes and nobody cared. But now people started caring and they cared and, and they treated people, other people like they trash because of that. And it just got worse. You know, there's furries out there, like I said, the baby furs, cub furs that want to, their personas are young characters. Um, they sometimes like to wear diapers in real life. Okay, sometimes it happens. You shouldn't treat them like shit just because they're interested in that, or that's what they enjoy. Uh, Fursona is a furry's representation of themselves. It's a character that is either an idealized version of you or just a version of you that you can uh, work with. And I like Tasmanian devils because they're loud, um, they have big mouths, they eat a lot of garbage. And they're very sturdy little animals, and I felt that way. My local police are kind of waiting right now. It's a really weird limbo state where I just have to wait. What are they waiting for? To be honest, my local police are waiting for somebody to come take a shot at me. Hmm. How likely do you think it is that that's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I would say unlikely, but people keep surprising me over this last year. Um, I hope nobody comes to my house. You know, I don't live alone. I have a family. Like, so I was asking earlier in our conversation about whether this is all real life or whether some of it's in this kind of a virtual fantasy world. Um, but, and then it sounds like you, you, a lot of what people have taken as being these horrible things about you, you know, pedophilia, bestiality, racism, whatever, um, are things that have come out of something you've said that you meant as a joke. 
Um, we, you could say I, I wouldn't say it was a. Uh, well, jokes can be be de defined in many ways, but I would say it was my way of confronting people I didn't like. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know these people, and that and yet and that was years ago. A lot of these posts you look between two from 2005 to 2013. You know, I had moments when I'm on the internet. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on MySpace. You know, I'm not on Twitter. I didn't do social media at the time. I just watched a lot of videos on YouTube if I was bored. You know, I would make weird comments just to try to prove a point. And people took that and completely bloated it into a whole other existence. Because obviously the internet doesn't forget, which is true. But the thing is, is that they weren't there when the context happened. And they didn't know my what my intent was. So because they didn't know my intent... They can only assume. And that's all it is, is nothing but opinions and assumptions. Hmm. And uh, I mean, if I was really doing these things set claim, I mean, there would be, there should be unfutable evidence that I actually did them. Like, oh, did I have sex with my dog? Yeah, if I did do that, it should be a, you know, film of it, like me videotaping it. Like, no, there is not. If you are a furry, and especially if you're a homosexual, how the hell are you a Nazi at this point? How, how do you how do you follow these guidelines that are supposedly part of the neo-Nazi regime, um, and still be a furry and be gay at the same time? I don't see that work. And a lot of people that do claim they are, I do have a few members that have claimed it. You know, I get really I get you know up close and personal with them. I I figure out you know who they are really inside, and really they're just you know like a 21 or 22 year old that's really gay, wants somebody to like them, wants some attention, and they think by labeling themselves a neo-Nazi or a Nazi that people are going to pay attention to them. Mm. And at the end of the day, no, they're just they just they just want to feel there's a place for them. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Rule Book. James Milsom is my name. I produced this episode and did the music and sound design and whatever you like. The episode and the one before it featured interviews with Dio Taz Devil, the Boozy Barrister, aka Boozy Badger, Foxler Nightfire, and Kendall Emery, who goes by Kahuki. If you want to find out more about The Rule Book, head to therulebook.xyz. Find me on social media at rulebookpodcast and get in touch. Studio.